Good morning and welcome to Coffee with a Kick. I'm Xander. He's Keegan. Wait, hold on. He's Keegan over there. Yeah, uh, right. yeah. <laughs> and no, I think, hold on. I don't care anymore. And we're here to talk about really a, a pretty rambunctious weekend of EPL action, to be honest. I mean, it was a lot of results didn't go well. They didn't go the way that you thought. I was fine, but <laughs> but your picks were not quite as good. Yeah. Um, a lot of goals. A lot of goals. A so. lot of goals. If you took if you took high goals, I took a plus four and a half goals in the Brighton Hove Albion match. That one hit. Uh, gotta stop talking about bets, though. It's not a gambling podcast. <laughs> uh, but what do you say? What do we say? We hop right into it here uh, with my Wolves taking on Arsenal. At Emirates Stadium. Uh, this one we both actually got right. You got it perfectly correct. You got a two to one exactly on the head. That I thought it, 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 I mean, the first goal there by Arsenal really was clinical. I thought they, they really unzipped the Wolves defense, is what I put here. Uh, a little bit unlucky with the deflection falling right in front of the, the, the Arsenal man there who put it in. Um, but the second one was was much more straightforward. Like, yeah, that, they just pwned us on that. Uh, in, in the end, I thought the Wolves bounced back pretty well. Like, they didn't. They were still in the match throughout the whole thing. It took us till the 86th minute to get uh, to get that Kunha uh, shot in there. But yeah. it, it, it wasn't a bad showing for a side that's you know definitively better than you are. Yeah, you know, I felt like Wolves, I think they let it get away from them. You know, they didn't start too hot, obviously. Definitely I mean, didn't. they gave up, what, two goals in the first 13 minutes? Yeah, two goals in the first 13 is how I mark it. If they don't give up those two goals, I think they have a pretty good shot because they did play really well after that. They did. Um, it could have gotten really bad, but they got that goal in the 86, and there was kind of some hope. Obviously, didn't get it done. No. They, I mean, you don't give up those two goals a different game, I think. It, it, very well. I mean, we're missing our starting keeper, so I, that may have had a little bit to do with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, no, wait. No, we still had Jose Saw in there. What was I talking about? No, we got subbed. Missing Neto. Yeah, we're missing Neto. Obviously, he's been out for a while, so that's tough on your team. We did have uh, Jose Saw subbed out in the 23rd minute, so after all of our goals mm-hmm. went in, so... You know, I got it didn't affect us too much, but yeah, it was it, it wasn't an unexpected result. Uh, it, it was nice that they didn't crumple after giving up those early goals. It was my takeaway. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a way at Emirates, like you know, you, you'd feel good, you'd be feel real good with a point, and it just didn't happen today. Yeah. Um, but still not bad. Uh, moving on to uh, Bur- 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 Burnley, no, not Burnley yet. Bright, Bright- oh, golly, Brentford. And Luton Town, Brentford and Luton Town. Uh, you were you had your hopes set high for Luton on this one, didn't you? They just did not did not come through for you. I got this one correct. Two 0 was my prediction, but it ended up three one three one to Brentford there at G Tech Community Stadium. Um, this is the first time that I had seen Luton's third kit, which they didn't have debuted when we did our our kit review at the beginning of the season. Yeah. It's decent. It's definitely better than their other two. Um, in that dark like kind of slate grayish blue color uh 
Uh, but that was that was the best looking thing about Luton in this match, basically. Um, yeah. Oh, what what? My my notes are my handwriting is so bad. You know, I mean, they were clinical. Their only That's shot right. on goal, they sunk in. But the issue was it came in the seventy sixth minute. Yeah. And in reality, it didn't look like they were. They were. They didn't play as well as they have in the past few weeks. So no. Shame on me for thinking they could sustain that. And and but, it, it really it was unlucky. They're lucky that it wasn't worse because the only thing that happened in the first half was Brentford possession and shots on goal uh, in shots in general. It was not. It, I, it never looked like Luton was in the match in the first half. And then we get into the second half and and Brenton would finally score in the 49th minute. Um, it ended up being a little bit lucky with the ball kind of falling right in front of the guy uh, that, that, that ended up scoring. Uh, Mope. Mope. Uh, Mopal. I don't know how you say his name exactly. Mopal. Mopal. Uh, but it, it, they deserved to have that goal. And then they followed up in the 56 with Ben Mee getting uh, assisted by Mbeya. Uh, which was it, it, again, it, it was a little bit more, a little bit more luck with uh, the defender with a header getting bounced around. Um, yeah, yeah. The the seventy six minute was was more deser- the eighty first minute was a little bit more deserved with uh, the Baptiste goal, but it never, uh, never really looked like Luton was in was was threatening in a way that was going to put it past even after the 76th and they got a little bit more momentum that maybe they could push for a draw it, it was trounced rather quickly uh you know six minutes later yeah you know 3-1 brentford good for them back in winning ways yep and we'll see Looting back to being a relegation side there was that there was a there was a glimpse of hope but it's gone now yeah, and we'll see if they can carry that through uh, as they visit Brighton next week for Brentford. Uh, Luton yeah. has to take on Arsenal. Not a good look for that. Uh, it's two one of the most shocking matches of the weekend. Uh, a team that we often ridicule for their lack of offensive production in the final third. Burnley hosted Sheffield United. And I got to tell you, as good as Sheffield United has looked in the past couple weeks, I mean, they, they haven't been you know, outstanding by any means, but they didn't look as terrible as they did today. They didn't look like, this is Burnley from the beginning, uh, not Burnley, this is Sheffield United from the beginning of the season when we're like, this team, I don't know if they'll they'll get any points. Um, and Burnley, I, it, it wasn't, they weren't fluky goals either. Like they were, they were essentially what we've been, what we've wanted Burnley to do for most of the season, which is just capitalize on their decent possession that they already accumulate. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Sheffield United from the gate, first minute goal for Burnley. It seemed like they were just caught off guard. Yeah. And you didn't really see them get comfortable really until halftime. Obviously, the red before half by Oli McBurney, that's a tough look. Dude, but like, so dumb. It didn't he look like ju- Sheffield was comfortable. He had just elbowed a guy in the face like six minutes earlier, elbowed another guy in the face, and the ref, you don't give him a choice. If you're if you lead with an elbow into an aerial battle, you're gonna get a card. And he did it twice in six minutes or so. Yeah. Unfortunate as they say. But I mean Sheffield did not play terrible coming out of the second coming into the second half. I feel like they played pretty decent for the first 20 minutes. And then 
in seven quick minutes, Burnley takes it from 2-0 to 5-0. Yeah, and, and really they just, on the 73rd minute goal, the one by M. Dooney, uh, they just they kind of uh, went to sleep there and didn't attack the ball uh, on the shot across the face of goal. It, it, and then the last one there by Brownhill, that was just, that was a, truly thundering strike there from the top of the box. Yeah. It was, I mean, there were some better goals later on this weekend, but that was a very good one. Going into it, you're like, oh, this this might be like top of the weekend, but just wait till we get, mm-hmm. there's a particular match later on on, uh, on Sunday that was, I mean, crazy. <laughs> Truly, it was a crazy match. Um, there were a couple of them, actually. There were a lot of crazy matches on Sunday. Uh, but yeah, Sheffield United... Definitely, definitely a step backward here, obviously. Uh, and we will see if they can they can uh, put things together. <laughs> they got Liverpool on the other side in the midweek. Um, and Burnley has, Burnley has my Wolves. So hopefully they don't, they don't carry that through that momentum. Um, yeah. And from Turf Moor, we go to the city ground, Nottingham Forest and Everton. Uh, this one... Was not great. Uh, wasn't a great match. This was like a classic Sean Dyche victory. Mm. When he was at Burnley, there were so many times where they'd win 1-0, 2-1. Even some of the draws were just like, like this match, just slogging it out. Shooting a lot, but not necessarily quality shots. I thought Dwight, Dwight McDeal's goal, McNeil's goal was it was decisive yeah 60, i felt like when he scored that was it i did not feel like nottingham was gonna well, come back you know nottingham dodged the bullet there on the other half of uh, on the other side of the half uh on a dwight mcneil shot that got a very mm-hmm. great clearance off of the line come back in the second half can't stop him on that one with that uh with the the off of the the free kick action in the uh Nice play there by McNeil. Uh, yeah, McNeil is a classic. I mean, he was at Burnley with Sean mm-hmm. Dyche. He gets transferred to Everton. And it seems like he's just Dyche's guy. Because he did not play well before he became the manager. Now, all of a sudden, he's their go-to guy. So, it's interesting to see how players just kind of love playing to a certain style. and just work in a certain system. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it was unfortunate for Nottingham Forest. I mean, they're they're kind of... Uh, floundering a little bit here in in the middle, I think. Yeah, what do you think of that? I mean, I feel like they were top 10 just a few weeks ago, and now it feels like they yeah. could be dipping into relegation. I they, They're they're pretty up and down. They, they, they start off a little bit... Uh, let's see. They that, we both thought that they looked a lot more cohesive and mature. Well, you... Season, but. There's victories there at the early part of the season that that look better that looked better at the time, like beating Chelsea one zero was was a good result. I mean, beating Sheffield United, you kind of needed to do that, and they they looked good against Man U and and uh, Arsenal, not totally outmatched, but they they kind of hit a, just a skid of of draw 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 against Luton, uh, Brentford, and Crystal Palace, and then after the after the surprising two two zero victory of Aston Villa, they've been. They've dropped their last three matches uh, yeah. against West Ham, Brighton, and Everton. So they just, you know, Everton really needed these points. So I think mm-hmm. that they they were trying to secure that more than anything. 
and Nottingham Forest just just wasn't taking advantage of any of the opportunities that they were presented. We'll see if they can they can right themselves against uh, Fulham in the midweek. I don't think that they will. I think that Fulham will carry through their. I mean, their impressive result, even though it was a loss here that we'll get to in just a second, it was still a gutsy loss, if you can, if you can yeah. call it that, uh, against Liverpool. But we'll get to that in a second. First, we'll move on to Newcastle United uh, hosting Manchester United. And really, this one... This one wasn't even close. Like I, I know I talked about how it was it, that Newcastle's finally found their form going back to the defensive. This wasn't. This is shocking that it was one zero because Newcastle saw so much of the ball and so much of the opportunities, especially in the first half. I mean, they they, they had essentially all of the. I think all but one. Garnacho had a, a shot on goal in the first half, but other than Ooh. that, it was all Newcastle in the first half. And and man, you. I, I, I don't know how they held him out. It was ma- mainly just luck. Yeah, the key stat for me is 22 shots for Newcastle, only four on target. Yeah. So I think the, the biggest issue that I saw was I noticed, like you said, ton of possession, feeling like they have all the chances. They just couldn't put it on target. No. So it's, had they been putting it more on target, this probably could have been similar to that 8-0 to game. Yeah. They played in earlier because it really did feel like Man U was not up to stuff. No, not not at all. And 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 the yeah, and then and then it's just it ne- and they never they never really challenged even. I mean, how many shots did they end up with on goal? Even uh, Manchester United one. It was probably that Garnacho shot in the first <laughs> half. That was it. I mean, you can't. That's that's not good. Uh, typically, I mean, the, my dad always said that when I was growing up, you know, the team that takes the most shots typically is the one that wins because you gotta you gotta hit shots at the goal in order to get them in there. Um, <coughs> and this one, yeah, like I said, it, it, fifth, saying fifty eight forty one. I don't know how that position ended up like that. Um, I think that Newcastle had significantly higher proportion of of attacking possession. But yeah, I mean, good on Newcastle. It, it helps you, you know, helps you maintain some confidence going into the both the midweek next weekend, and then next midweek when you have to go to the Champions League, maybe be able to get in through to knock through uh, knockout stages. But that's looking a little bit yeah. too forward for that. Well, they'll they'll get to look forward to um, taking on where are they Everton in the midweek uh, here coming up on I think their Thursday, yeah, the early Thursday match. Um, definitely easier competition, I would say, uh, than Manchester United. Uh, but that wraps up Saturday. Moving on to Sunday with the early match, Bournemouth and Aston Villa. Uh, what's your takeaways from this one here? You know, I did not feel like Aston Villa played as well as they could have. Now, you know, the... The Semenyo goal in the tenth minute. Ugh. Honestly, don't think they should have given that one up. Sloppy. They got it back in the twentieth, but then just before, I think it was around the thirtieth. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was in the thirtieth minute range, but they had a goal ruled out because of VAR. Um, and that was that much. was annoying because, like I mentioned to you prior to our previous episode, I would have gotten all the money lines correct. Not a gambling podcast, but I would have gotten the money lines correct had that goal would have stood. Yeah, Besides I think, the, I think it, it felt like Aston Villa was 
the roles were like switched. It felt like mm-hmm. Bournemouth was the team that always had the front foot and Aston Villa was always trying to get back at him, which is not how I pictured this game. I pictured it no. the other way around. So good on Bournemouth for like yeah. establishing a little bit of authority in the game. I don't picture what it results. I wanted to see how Bournemouth's done recently. Uh, okay, okay, never mind. I did that site's not very good to. Yeah, I think it was the twenty-second minute that you're talking about. Uh, there was a there was a good free kick, um, right after their first goal with Leon Bailey, where it looked like it was going to be a big swing um, for for Aston Villa, but instead they had a very tight offsides. Um, get called back on that goal that might have been what you were talking about yep but yeah i, I mean it, good on villa for for sticking with it uh 80 that 90th minute ollie watkins uh really a fantastic header uh by ollie watkins on there uh but it was it it was enough to get the point i mean you would like to have three especially going into the midweek when you have to play city um where you know I, we'll get to city in a second um yeah, it was it was a, it was a decent match. Uh, yeah, and Bournemouth they they continue to improve over over the pushovers that they looked like at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll move on to Chelsea and Brighton Hove Albion. Uh, and this match was frustrating for me. I thought it was frustrating. The the Chelsea that first goal was pretty nice uh, from. Uh, ba- how do you say that name? Bad, Badiashili, maybe. I don't know. He had a good overhead kick, strange cross uh, to get the header there for Fernandez. But he Brighton had left him totally unmarked there on that first one. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, and the second one by by Colwell. I mean, good on Brighton coming back, giving up two goals in the first half, and, and then you scrounge one in the 43rd to get yourself back in the match. But the the penalty that they gave up was just a silly a silly penalty to, to give up. Um, and it, it never felt like Brighton was going to get back in the match. It was disappointing on Brighton's side. Yeah, they'll be disappointed because, to me, it felt like they were the better team. Over the ninety. They had more possession. They felt like they had more chances. Some of the some of their shots were just kind of deflections right to the keeper. But like, I mean, I think that they'd be disappointed to go into Stanford Bridge and not at least get a point. Yeah, they especially play, this season. They played pretty fluid. They played pretty well. They played like Brighton wants to play. Although they just yeah, the penalty really psychologically I think set them back. Pedro's yeah. ninety plus two goal. You could kind of feel like maybe, but... Maybe, especially maybe. having... I mean, we're not even talking about the, the main point of this match, was that, that Chelsea got a red card in the first half, right at the end of the yeah. first half, on a second yellow. And Brighton was only down 2-1 to one at that point. So to not to not convert, it's almost the opposite of... Uh, uh, it's, it's very similar to some of the other Chelsea matches, only kind of inverted, where Chelsea didn't look as good when they had 11 against 10. Somehow that transferred over to Brighton, and Chelsea ended up, ended up uh, sinking away with that, that penalty there. Um, yeah. The the most frustrating thing, though, was even after the, the, the 90 plus 2, there was that uh, the VAR review on the Brighton. Uh, the Brighton was attacking. They should have had a corner kick. 
But VAR reviewed the ball, right. one of the balls that was sent in because it was a possible handball, ended up just smacking off of the guy's face and going out. But it was a clear corner kick, and the VR brings it back for a drop ball after the ball had gone out of out of play. And Brighton, would, you know, they were they would have brought their keeper down. It was like the ninety plus eight or so, I think it was. Uh, I mean, right at the end of the match, <clears throat> I mean, you don't want to be in that position. Similar to City, you know, and the advantage not getting played. You shouldn't have had yourself in that position where you where you have to rely on the referees to get to get things right, like to ha- to rely on a referee's call. You don't want to have to be in that position. You should be doing better than that, especially when you're up up ten men for a whole half. Um, yeah. To 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 not have to rely on a call by the refs to get you where you need to be. That's uh, you're always risking it at that point. Um, but then we'll move to the match of the weekend. Truly. Liverpool and Fulham. Oh, I haven't been. Uh, let's see. We both got. Uh, we both got the Nottingham Ever uh, Notting, Nottingham Forest Everton wrong. We both got Newcastle correct, and we both got this one wrong uh, for Bournemouth and Villa. Oh, oh, and then we both missed Chelsea and Brighton. We both said they were drawn, and they didn't. They should have drawn, but you know, Brighton didn't come through for us. And then for Liverpool and Fulham, which we both got right, we did not expect it to be a seven-goal thriller with just truly some incredible. Incredible Liverpool goals. Time and again, uh, uh, Liverpool would... Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm trying to pull up my... There we are. Yeah. Uh, oh, that one ended up... They ended up calling that a, a own goal. I didn't see that uh, at the time. On Alexander-Arnold's... I, I th- His free kick there in the 20th minute uh, for Alexander-Arnold, I thought was just a good goal. But apparently it was a... It ended up being ruled an own goal. Uh, now looking back on it. But every time that Liverpool gave them a truly solid punch because their goals were so good, Fulham bounced yeah. back. And Antine Robinson's ball in there in the 24th minute um, off that great build-up play, like very composed. Uh, odd. Like Fulham was very composed for the majority of this match. Uh, and that build-up play leading to the Antine Robinson slotting through Harry Wilson was really nice. And then we get over to McAllister's goal. Just... I think it was even better than the free kick. And now that I see that was a uh, an own goal, it definitely was, where he, he puts dip on the ball and drops it over the top to the uh, upper nine and the, and the far side of the post. Incredible Ooh. goal. Incredible goal. Not quite the Garnacho full bicycle kick, but still, like, for run of the play, it was a great goal. And then full yeah, even... One, yeah, Go ahead. After the McAllister goal, I felt like, okay, this is where it gets away. This yeah. is where Liverpool start to pull away. And really, the, the Tete goal, 45 plus three, I mean, that one shocked me. You know, Fulham yeah. hits it back, and I'm thinking, all right, even though it's 2-2, Liverpool's going to do it. They're going to pull away. They have plenty of chances on the other side of the half. But, I mean, when Deckard over Reed scored in the 80th minute, I thought, this might be it. <laughs> I, I, I thought so, too. Well, you, you just didn't think it would never have ha- have another twist in it uh, yeah. after, you know, a half of them just really having some, they were definitely uh, conscientious of the other team's attack at that point uh, by, by it staying on until the 80th minute. Um, it's very aggressive header there by, by Cordova Reed, but fighting over the yeah. top of two Liverpool defenders uh, to get that ball in there. Great job on his part. Uh, but then, yeah, I mean, we come down there, and it is a 
another great strike. This one by Indo, assisted by Mo Salah. And, and just, just <laughs> not even, I don't know, maybe 50 seconds later, not, not, not quite a full minute, Alexander-Arnold does end it. Like, at once Alexander-Arnold scored... I didn't think there was anything left in the match. It's, yeah. It did feel like it, it truly was was done after that. But listen, if you guys didn't watch this in real time, I'd go back and watch it again. It was a great match. It was a great match with a lot of a lot of fun action and great strikes across the board. Um, unfortunately yeah, for Fulham, what, I don't know what Fulham was doing, giving them the ball back so quickly. You know, you're thinking, okay, hold some possession, yeah, maybe get it up to. Uh, they just gave it right back to them and just let them. They didn't even look like they wanted to play defense. No, it was it, it was almost as though they'd given everything they had and they're like, we can maybe pull this out. 87th minute, they get this big letdown and and they just mm-hmm. they didn't mentally prepare themselves to continue on with the match, which only had you know, they didn't have didn't have a lot left in it at that point. Yeah. But disappointing for Fulham. Um it, I mean, fine for Liverpool. I guess Jurgen Klopp's gonna keep his job or whatever. Uh but Ten Hag, he's on the he's on the hot seat. Obviously, he he got. Whipped. I mean, he probably should have been out before the season. He thinks his job is secure. I don't think so. I don't think so. Well, uh, we will move on from Liverpool to go to West Ham versus Crystal Palace. Uh, I think we both got this. Oh, I got this one right. I said it was going to be a draw. It ended up being a draw. Uh, yeah, that that first goal there by it, it looked like uh, this was going to be West Ham's day. I thought for for most of the match, um, that first goal that they had with Kudus and, and Kutal, it was a that little layoff was just kind of shredded the Crystal Palace defense, and, and Kudus put it in rather handily um, yeah. with with his I think it was his right foot. Um, but Crystal Palace, to their credit, kept themselves in it. Uh, they had a shot there in the, I think it was a 35th minute that, that almost went in, a, a free kick that deflected off the wall. Um, but that, the goal for Edward in, in, in the 53rd, just, you know, you're, you're doing fine. You're winning the match 1-0, and then you just have that atrocious giveaway. Terrible giveaway by your defense. And and Crystal Palace equalizes with the with the Edward with the Edward goal. I thought it was a betrayal almost of the rest of the team with that giveaway. Yeah, I mean the game went as I expected. Besides the result, it seemed like neither team really wanted possession because they're not comfortable with it. Yeah. So I don't know. It it was kind of a boring match. Yeah, and West Ham. I, they, they had that shot in the 46th minute that did go in, but it was disallowed for an offside where a guy in an offside position just flipped his foot at it. He didn't even touch it, but he was considered as being part, like in, in, as affecting the goalkeeper is what it was. Yeah. And I could see how you could call it that way. It was one of the things where if he just stands there, it's a goal. But because he, he made a motion at it, it, it disallowed it. And that would have changed the whole tenor of the match, obviously, going up 2-0 right right after halftime um but yeah it was it wasn't the best match of the weekend for sure um didn't have a lot of notes on it which leads us to uh to man city and tottenham 
the nightcap for Sunday. Uh, another one of these matches where where City just doesn't get it done. <laughs> Essentially, that's what it comes out. You guys, you guys keep having posi- being in position to beat the top teams, but only getting a point out of it. Uh, and it's it, it's not a great it's not a great look. Uh, it was fun that Sung uh, that that Hung Min uh, scored twice in the in you know within three minutes. Just one of them was for the wrong team. Uh, it was nice on his part to help you guys out there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a great strike. I mean, just off the thigh, right off the thigh. Never saw it coming. Wonderful. Just I mean, beats the keeper. You know, the issue with this game was. I, I counted we hit the post oh, four times. So many times. Maybe even five. But there were it was just Holland had a few that he skied or put wide. Yeah, it just didn't feel like we were clinical. Yeah. Thirteenth we minute we missed a big in. one there. We just couldn't we just couldn't finish. And like it probably should have been eight to three. Like we dominated Tottenham mm-hmm. for most of the match, but they just finished seventy five percent of their on target shots. And we didn't. Yeah, and you know the, the first goal that you gave up, Doku got caught out of position. I mean, he's not a defender, and and Hungman just kind of showed him showed him the business essentially. Um, but you know, after that thirty-one minute goal, you guys just the it was the tick, the classic tiki taka goal where you just yeah. un, you just totally dismantle the defense with with those crisp passes, and you think that you're going to put something together there at that point. Uh, but really, the the story of it is ninety plus four, where where you don't get the where, where they call where they don't give you the advantage when Holland get he gets fouled for sure, but he gets up, mm-hmm. he's still playing the ball and plays it forward to Jack Grealish, who was yeah you know, there was no one in front of him, he was one on one with yeah. the goalkeeper essentially, and he calls it back well after the play had already gone through. It felt like yeah, I mean. Holland gets up. He's playing the advantage. Holland passes it up. Grealish clearly in position to run, run at the goal. And he calls it back. And I'm like, oh. yeah. He argued that he didn't see Grealish. So therefore, but then Holland is like, well, why would I kick it that way? Yeah. And it was a whole thing. And but like you said, we, it should have been. Shouldn't have had yourselves in that position. That point, yeah. So. It yeah, should, it should have never been. Ake, Ake should, should not have been, been beat on that header by Kulishevsky. That was it come down to. Like Ake should not have been beaten on that header. He had the position. Kulishevsky just wanted it more. That's what it came down to. He just wanted it more, and Tottenham gets yeah. the point out of it. Yeah, it's disappointing. How it always is when we play Tottenham. Guarantee it's going to be high scoring and disappointing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It keeps boy, it really does keep them uh, keep it tight up there. At the top of the table, uh, we've got four points separating the top four, with Tottenham not far out there at twenty-seven. Uh, the big match, of course, in the midweek will be City and Villa. Uh, check out our episode here. Yeah, check out our episode here for that breakdown here before the matches start later today. Uh, anything else you want? You got on that on your noggin before we get out of here? You know, I mean. It's a lot tighter than I thought it would be. Like I I said in the episode that came out yesterday, 
for some of these teams, it's going to be a dark winter. <laughs> it's not going to be pretty. There's going to be lots of games. Injuries are going to happen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we'll start to see a few teams, I think, creep up and creep down. Yeah, it was, I think so, Newcastle lost their starting goalkeeper because they needed another injury on their team. Yeah. yeah, so the rumor is David De Gea may be replacing them. Really? They may be signing De Gea. Wow. That would be a pretty big signing for them because I think De Gea was always who man you should have kept, but mm-hmm. Ben Hogg has got to... Gotta assert his dominance a little bit, which that's clearly yeah. clearly working. Yeah, it's so, working very well for them. I mean we say that, but what, they're in I think they're in eighth. Are they in eighth right now? Hold on. They're in seventh. Seventh. Yeah. With so, I mean, minus one goal difference. <laughs> that's that's the weird thing about it. Yeah. They're in seventh. They're twenty four points. They're not even ten points out of first. So you can see why he's still around. But yeah. uh yeah, this this match against che- they, I mean they've got a big midweek too. They got Chelsea coming up here, uh, so we'll see if either of them can do anything. I doubt it. Uh, all right, yeah, but that's that is the weekend that was match day fifteen. Nope, that was fourteen. Fifteen's coming up tomorrow today. Uh, yeah. Uh, so after you go ahead and watch this episode and watch our our. Uh, preview episode go ahead and grab your coffee watch your soccer and we'll see you on thursday evening go far